Welcome to the True Answers Podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Reese. In a world of deception, we want to help you discover true answers. Welcome back to the True Answers Podcast. I'm Rob and Reese is here with me and we've been talking about one of the very most vital subjects in the Bible, salvation. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking um, about the, the process of it because it's something that has happened, is happening, and will happen. So don't stop on your process of salvation. So we just finished talking about repentance, water baptism, and receiving of the Holy Spirit. So that's um, critical. That's the, the birthing room into God's realm, into the kingdom. And so what's awesome is once once the baby's born, the, the job's not over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're a parent, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's when some different work really starts. Yeah. There's a whole life ahead of a baby after it's born. And that's um that's what we're going to talk about today is what what happens after salvation. Uh cuz it's not the end all be all. If that was the case, we wouldn't have the majority of the New Testament, I believe, cuz the majority of the New Testament teaches us how to live after we've received the Holy Ghost and repent and be baptized in Jesus name. Right. Right. Super important. So if the enemy can make any progress here, it's to stop us short and to make us not continue on this process of salvation. So that's why I want to talk about how um, the process we're going to talk about today, which is pursuing holiness, is important. And a question you might ask is, is this really an essential step of salvation? Because there's a lot of people that don't get this far Mm -hmm. in their preaching of the salvation message. So I want to read a scripture, Hebrews 12, 14. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Hmm. So if we want to see the Lord, we need holiness. Yeah. Hmm. Because um, it's it's a matter of, of the heart, really. Uh, actually, there's another scripture um, that kind of reinforces that in the New Testament. It's First Peter chapter 1 verses 13 through 16 it says therefore gird up the loins of your mind be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance but as he who called you is holy ye also be holy in all your conduct because it is written and this is Peter calling back to the Old Testament be holy for I am holy that was God's command to the children of Israel in Leviticus, right? Is it Levit- well, yeah. it shows up throughout the, the Old Testament. Yeah, it does show up in Leviticus. Because that's, that's God's desire is to make us to be like him, to make his people to be like him, to be different. Um, Peter also points out, uh, I think it's First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, I believe, um, where he talks again about holiness which, uh, let me see if I can get there quick. I'll just read it quick, and then I'll pass it back to you, Rob, because I don't want to talk too much. <laughs> um, That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his, special, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm, that's such a good scripture. Yeah. Because it defines what walking in holiness is. Mm-hmm. It's a separation from 
the worldly things that we're in the midst of right now. Yeah. And that's that's really the basis of the definition of the word holy, especially in the Hebrew in um, the Old Testament. It it means to be set apart for a special purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not common. Yeah. It's, it's it special. Apart. Yes. Yeah. It has its own purpose. Because God's not just going to have any old people. He is going to have the people that are set apart to him. Mm-hmm. So if we want to be God's people, we need to let him do a work of holiness in us. Yeah. So I have another scripture on how holiness is important and essential for our salvation. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Mm. You see this? This is all New Testament after the book of Acts that we're talking about so far right now. Yeah, he's talking about people who've gone to exactly. this part of salvation. These are people who are already repented, baptized in the name of Jesus, and been filled with the Holy Ghost. These they, letters are to the church. They are to the people who've had that new birth experience. Right. Isn't it crazy that it seems like... Now, I don't know... I, I haven't really looked into how long it took Paul to do his missionary journeys. But his the latter half of his life was pretty much all instruction on holiness to the church. Okay, now that you're saved, this is how you continue being saved. Yeah, I think it was like 13 or 17 years for some of those missionary journeys. Yeah. So it was like crazy. A, it was a good amount of time. Crazy. And while he's in prison, he's instructing the church how to live holy in anticipation for Jesus coming back. And if you think about our kids... It takes a long time for them to grasp certain things. Yeah, like it does. Potty training is a process. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I'm so thankful that Lakin is potty trained now. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, my four-year-old has got most of it, but not nighttime yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and actually, we were talking about that with, I think, in Tanya, or in prayer, my wife Tanya was praying about our son, and it was like, he just doesn't get it. And it was kind of like, Neither do you. <laughs> like we're there's stuff that's gonna take a while for it to sink in. Yeah. And for us to, to grasp it. Yeah, it's so funny when you read some of the epistles and you look at like some of the stuff that people were dealing with. Like Corinth first and second Corinthians are absolutely insane with the amount of like sin and filthiness that Paul had to address. But we have like the gift of hindsight. Right. And you and I have were raised in church, so like we we've just had more time to be corrected than like new converts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank the Lord for it. Yeah, exactly, because that's that's what it takes. God is our father and he does correct us. The Bible says that a father who corrects his kids loves his kids very much. Mm-hmm. Just as our father in heaven corrects us. Walk into any high school as a teacher and you'll find out which kids were corrected by their fathers and which oh, weren't. Man. Yeah, we have kind of a parenting crisis right now in our society, I would say. Yeah. Anyways, back to holiness. <laughs> so this is a statement that I had in our uh, Purpose Institute uh, training that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, Who said this one? This was teaching by a brother, Brownie. Mm. And to sanctify is to set apart. It is to become holy. So holiness is the destination, Mm. and sanctification is the process. 
Mm. Consecration is the process. So we won't achieve holiness while we're in the flesh here on earth. Right. But we can pursue that sanctification, and God can cleanse us and bring us to that point. Yeah. So do you think at the point when we're called to be with Jesus, that is the point where we reach what holiness really is, when we're, like, made perfect? Yeah, it's when His he's completely clothed us in his holiness. Yeah. Because holiness is... Um, Holiness is something that uh, that God gives us. It's not something that we can create. We can't make ourselves holy. I think Brother Brownie said this too in PI. He said we can we cannot make ourselves holy, but we can definitely make ourselves unholy. Yeah, yeah. And this is answering the second question I had already, which was how do we become holy? Mm. And so Adam and Eve were created holy. Yeah. But they made themselves unholy. Yeah. Just like you were saying. It's worth and, and it's worth saying, too, that after you have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus and been filled with the Holy Ghost, even though you have God's Spirit inside of you, you can still make yourself unholy. That's right. that's what backsliding is. God references the uh, backsliding a couple times where you can come to God and then fall away. And you're no longer living a, um, you're no longer living in the process of sanctification like what you talked about. Yeah, it's like God has cleansed you and set you apart, and you decide to walk right back to where you were. Right. That's making yourself unholy. Yeah, and that's why holiness is so important because after we've went through the process of salvation, now we have to continue to live holy. Otherwise, like the scripture you read at the beginning, um, we will not see. God. We won't see the kingdom of God if we're not living holy. Right, right. So to your point, this is another way of saying it. Holiness is imputed. It's not earned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's imputed, which means ascribed, or it's attributed to man. So man has defiled God's holy creation. Anything that is holy is because God has assigned it. So. Mm. Hmm. So it 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 really doesn't come from us. The holiness that we talk about when we're talking about like living holy is really God's holiness at work in us. Right. We have to allow it to work and we have to consecrate ourselves for it to work, but it's all God's doing. Yeah. Hmm. Cuz this is uh this is what happens when man tries to be holy without allowing God to work on him. Check this out. This is Jesus. Um, he, he's talking to the, uh, hang on one second. Let me make sure I have this. Um, he's talking to the Pharisees and we see, we see this a lot, uh, in Matthew. I just got done studying the book of Matthew. So these are the religious leaders of the day right. who thought they had it right. <laughs> yeah. They thought they had holiness down pat. Uh, well, come to find out they did not. Um, because Jesus in Matthew chapter 23 goes on a discourse against the Pharisees. Like he just tears them up one side and down the other. But in Matthew chapter 23 verse 25, he says something that's very interesting and it really deals with holiness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. 
blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Um, so Jesus, he uses a lot of analogy because he's making sure that his point gets across. But he likens the Pharisees and the scribes to dishes, to washing dishes, you know. And he says, essentially, that the holiness they thought they had was like taking a, a pot and cleaning the outside and just leaving the inside uncleaned, like just full of leftover food and whatever. Um, so what he was telling them was, you think you have holiness because you look holy, but on the inside, you're wicked. There's no righteousness in your heart. And that's, that's because God looks at the heart. Uh, Rob, before our podcast, you said the Pharisees looked holy to people, but they were filthy to God. Right. Because God looks at the heart. Right. And Jesus goes on to say at the very end, if you pay attention, you'll catch this, that if you cleanse the inside of the dish, the outside will be clean as well. Mm. Yeah. With that analogy, it's so good. It's like walking into a kitchen, opening a cupboard, and you look at the top shelf, and there's beautiful, white, clean coffee mugs. Mm-hmm. And that's what everybody sees when they come to your house. Right. But if God wants to use you, he's going to take you down and pour something in you. And you look in the cup and it's all muddy and disgusting. Just, yeah. Leftover coffee from years. Yeah. How is God going to use that? He's right. That's not going to represent him well. Mm-mm. So, yeah, they. I mean, how would you feel if like I pulled a coffee mug that looked good and then I'm like, I'm, you know pour coffee in it for you give it to you he's got all kinds of floaters and dust and hair and nasty stuff all sitting on the top of it you gonna drink that yeah exactly exactly yeah detestable to the lord yeah hmm. and that that's that's what he was pointing out to the pharisees is that this is a heart issue not not a way you look issue because if you fix the heart the way you look the way you present yourself on the outside will change it right. will. That's right. that's the end result of of holiness on the inside, not the end result. But that's that's part of the process. Yeah. When holiness is in your heart. Yeah. So you, um, you can't always tell as a person by looking on the outside what the heart is. Right. That's the only. That's what God can do. But what God does in the heart will affect the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lord has dealt with me in this area too. Just because, you know, I want to be presented well or I want to be looked at as, wow, he does things right. But the Lord has had to fix some things inside of me in the way that my I've had perceptions. And it even comes down to, like, we have families that brought us up a certain way. We've acquired DNA from our families that do things a certain way. And once we surrender to God, he'll show us those things that need to do f- change. Yeah. And he'll he'll purify the inside if we let him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, holiness deals with all kinds of stuff than just like how you dress and whatever. It deals with your attitudes, your emotions, your state of mind, you, and then your behaviors, and then the way you present yourself. It deals with everything. Yeah. So I want to talk about the beauty of holiness really quick. This could be a really long study. Um but I'm just going to say a couple comments on it. If you look up beauty of holiness in the scripture, it talks about a story of Jehoshaphat mm-hmm. where he went into battle and he went into it with his own power and he was he lost. Yeah. And God dealt with him and he was willing to submit to God 
and going to battle if that's what God wanted yeah. and doing it God's way. And that's when there was a victory. So it was a change of mindset. The beauty of holiness was a change of mindset from doing it the way he wanted to, to doing it God's way. Mm. And that's what holiness is all about. It's a transfer of doing what we think is right to doing what God knows is right. Yeah. So would you say that um, a lot of holiness comes down to, I I think, well, I'll give you my perspective and then you, you can respond, but... Um, I believe that in order to have God impute his holiness upon us, not for, you know, for us to make ourselves holy, there's an element of submission, Mm -hmm. but mostly it is, um, really like a desire of wanting to please God. And then when you couple that with the submission, right? Like you want to please God, you have a desire to do things. And say that just like when you you have a significant other, right? Like sometimes we change our behaviors and the way we say things and the way we interact with them because we want to please them. It's similar with God. We want to please him. Um, but when you couple that with submission to his word and to him, that's where God can really do a work. Because you you have a desire to to look the way he wants you to look, to act the way he wants you to act to be the way he wants you to be, but then also have submission to what he says we need to do in order to get to that point. Yeah, I think that's excellent because holiness isn't just a set of rules. It's not a do this and don't do that. It's a love language. God says, I really like this. I like it when you do this. And and we can we can please him by following his direction. Right. His love language. Yeah. And that's what the word shows us when we look through these scriptures is this is what I like. Mm-hmm. Mm. I want to, uh, I got one more scripture. This is about the Pharisees again. And uh, look at this. The, this just shows um, what God was dealing with when it comes to holiness in these Pharisees. Um, this is Matthew chapter 15. Jesus um, really did, <laughs> did not like the way the Pharisees were doing things. <laughs> but Matthew chapter 15 and verse 7. Listen to what Jesus says. Hypocrites, well did, the, did Isaiah the prophet say about you, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Um, That's Isaiah chapter 29. Uh, Then verse 10, when he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. This is Jesus speaking again. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth this defiles a man. What do you think Jesus was talking about there? I've often read that scripture and been like, what in the world is happening? There's a lot of um, Old Testament ceremonial law about what is eaten. Right. About you eat what is clean, the clean animals, Mm -hmm. not the unclean animals. Yep. And and, uh, the Lord was talking about that's just an outward thing and I care about what's inside of you right. and what comes out of your mouth is the intents of the heart 
Yeah, because this is this is what happened. I'll give you context in Matthew chapter 15. So the Pharisees approached Jerusalem. Uh, I was about to say Jerusalem. The Pharisees approached Jesus and said, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition hmm. of the elders? Hmm. Not a law, but the tradition. Hmm. Uh, because they didn't wash their hands before they ate bread. Apparently, according to their tradition, that was unclean. Not according to the law of God. It's a good tradition. It is, yes. Please wash your hands before you eat. But that's why Jesus uh, quoted Isaiah 29, because even Isaiah prophesied about how the Pharisees, or the just the people of Israel, would teach the traditions of man as if it was the law of God. Mm. So he addresses that. And then he says, what, what goes in your mouth doesn't defile you, but what comes out. And that's a very interesting saying, because later in Matthew... Jesus deals with that principle out of the mouth, like uh, uh, flow the issues of the heart or whatever's in your heart comes out of your mouth. So what Jesus was telling them is that is a sign of whether or not you have holiness at work in you Mm. by what you say. Yes. Because if the things that you say that come out of your mouth are unholy, if they're like, um, what do you want to call it? Fleshly, worldly, carnal, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like if I want to bring it into like our stuff today, um, I would venture to say that, uh, if you're just cussing every other word, telling dirty jokes, talking nasty about people, all this stuff, sexual innuendos, exactly. that That is revealing to everyone else. What is in your heart? Yes. And that's what Jesus was saying is that if you're talking, if you're talking bad all the time, that that just shows the condition of your heart. You have no holiness at work inside of you. Same thing with what you think. Yeah. Because your heart, uh, Bible says your heart controls all that stuff. What you say, what you think about, the way you act, all of this stuff comes from your heart or the seat of human emotions. That's why we need to surrender our heart to the Lord. Because mm-hmm. it's desperately wicked. That's that's what the Bible says. Right. And a man cannot even know his own heart. We can't even figure it out <laughs> no. until we turn to Jesus. And it's like, oh, man, was that nasty. Right. Exactly. Because he'll reveal me. stuff to you. Mm-hmm. I had another scripture I wanted to read that talks about this separation through holiness. Second Corinthians six fourteen through 7, 1. So it's a little bit. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believes with, he, with an infidel? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So it's when you let God do that work of the Holy Spirit in you, and it brings you to holiness, the people around you won't be the same. Mm-hmm. There will be relationships that have fallen away as you ret- go closer to the Lord. You'll be less like 
the way you were, less like the world around you. Yeah. And people will notice a difference. Yes. Yeah. Jesus says uh, in Matthew a couple times, he alludes to uh, that phrase, you shall know them by their fruits. And he teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew, I think it's 5, 6, and 7, or 4, 5, and 6. Those three chapters are the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus covers a lot of different things. But that's one of the things that he covers is uh, the idea of fruit, right? So like a good tree brings forth good fruit. And Jesus says there's no way that a good tree can bring forth evil fruit or an evil tree bring forth good fruit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Because when you have this is this... Jesus really is getting at holiness here, the condition of your heart. If your heart is surrendered to God and he's doing a work of holiness or sanctification in your heart, eventually the outward stuff will reveal the condition of your heart. So like the way you act, what you say, the way you think, the way you look, and people will notice that. So it it is a true saying. If you want to know what kind of people are around you, just sit and watch for a while <laughs> because what the, the way they talk and the way they act and the way they present themselves will show you what's in their heart. Mm. And God desires all of us to be good trees and bring forth good fruit because that blesses those around us. Right. Right. Yeah. How do you walk through the sanctification process? Daily submission and washing of the word mm-hmm. is what we can do which will allow God to put that holiness on us. He wants to see if he can put that cleanliness on us. It's basically, are we going to let him do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we've already established that there's nothing we can do to make ourselves holy. Mm -hmm. All we can do is make ourselves available for God to work sanctification in our lives. That's all we can do. Um, Yeah, I... I actually, I noticed a difference in my life recently because I've really stepped up my, like, Bible study. I always studied a lot, but now I started morning and night doing mm-hmm. both, whereas I would, you know, do just, like, in the morning. Before my day, I would study, you know, three to five chapters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now I'm doing that twice a day. And, you know, I'm not saying that every, you have to do that or anything, but you do need to be in the Word every day. The amount is, you know, between you and God, but um, I've already seen a change because that's twice as much word as I was getting normally, and I just feel stronger spiritually. I'm retaining a lot more of the word, and one thing that you'll notice when you start to read the word and get close to God is you'll read stuff in the Bible, and you're like, oh, God really likes the way that I treat people. Mm, Yeah. So then you're just more conscious about the way you treat people, you know, Um, because Jesus references a couple times that uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And then Paul references it in Romans again. Like if you love God with all of your heart, mind and soul and you love your neighbor as yourself, that accomplishes all the law because you won't commit adultery. You won't kill people. You won't steal from people if you love your neighbor like you love yourself and you won't. Uh, blaspheme and have any other gods before God if you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. So it's like you start reading things like that, and then you're just you you begin to change your behavior naturally. Like, oh, okay, I'll be more mindful about the way that I treat people around me. And 
I don't know. That's just something that, that has helped me recently is really finding in the word what pleases God and trying to be that. But more importantly, allowing God to be that through me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like a, it's a maturing process. It's where God is bringing you through the sanctification with a destination of holiness, which is a destination of perfection, which is, if you look in the scripture, that means maturity. Yeah. And God wants to use us as mature Christians to do his work. So if we allow him, we can mature. Amen. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the discussion on holiness. Um, Thank you all for listening, and God bless you all. Keep seeking for true answers. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of True Answers. Rob and I have really enjoyed bringing this type of content to you. And we also wanted to let you know that you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other place that you receive your podcasts from. Thank you so much. God bless you and keep seeking for true answers.